the Toyota Hilux. It's a pickup truck. Uh, big cars, pickup trucks and whatnot are not very popular in Japan because honestly, there's no place to park them. Pickup trucks and stuff, you get these like micro pickup trucks, which look really weird at first, but then you realize they're incredibly efficient. You can park them. They don't have super powerful engines. It is sort of an opposite philosophy of the North American biggest, most powerful vehicle is better. It's almost like they want something that's more reasonable. My attitude has certainly changed. When I was young, before I lived in Japan, I was probably more into muscle car type things. I like muscle cars. Now, I never had enough money to buy a muscle car or to maintain a muscle car. What I had, my first car was awesome. It was a 1974 Volkswagen Beetle. Uh, and people would make fun of it, but man, I'll tell you one thing. Girls love that car. I think it's because it was not overcompensating. It was cute, and girls sort of felt safe with a guy who was willing to drive around in a Volkswagen Beetle. Uh, the fact that... Uh, I just made myself sound creepy. If you have to say girls felt safe, that means there's an element of you that it almost feels like duplicitous. But we're, that's not what we're doing. Blah, 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 blah. We're not trying to make me look bad today. So there was an ad that was banned in the UK for the Toyota Hilux because it showed, like every pickup truck ad ever, shows it driving through the dirt and fields and splashing through a river. That was that splashing through a river part was actually the bit that caused trouble. The driving through a river promotes a disregard for their impact on nature and the environment. Toyota responded to this by saying no reasonable viewer would understand the ads as encouraging irresponsible driving or promotion of environmental damage. The thing is, there's only two kinds of people who would buy a big pickup truck in modern society. And that is people who are unreasonable, (laughs) who have no regard for the environmental impact. Because if you're buying a pickup truck, I would say you care less about the environment. One of the things I was looking for when I bought a new car quite recently was I wanted at least a hybrid. I would have preferred electric, but I wanted at least a hybrid. Now, I understand there are differences in the impact on the environment, but the overall, I thought a hybrid was at least a good way to go. Use less gas, use a little bit of electricity, you know, all that kind of stuff. It made sense. People who are buying big pickup trucks, now because I, last time I went to visit family in Canada, there were tons of pickup trucks everywhere I went and they were all in immaculate condition, which meant they were not off-roading. They were not, yeah, these were not people who were using pickup trucks for any pickup truck stuff. They weren't picking up anything. They weren't putting stuff in the back. They weren't off-roading. So you could say in that way, they do care about the environment because they're not doing the off-roading, driving through a river, showing disregard for the environmental impact. But at the same time, They don't care about the environment because they're buying this giant gas-guzzling pickup truck. So there's a a confused message there. If you're producing a pickup truck, I actually think it's difficult for you to say you care about the environment. Pickup trucks have a place in the world. I don't know why I'm so torn. The pickup truck has now become like a really, uh, you know, a, a hot point issue for me. Because pickup trucks serve a purpose. You put stuff in the back, you haul things, you move things. Pickup trucks. I think they're really good. But I think the problem I have is most people don't use pickup trucks for 
pickup trucks. They just drive around and they're just big ass cars. They're convenient in a way that you can put stuff in the back. I think, I think if you drive a pickup truck and like for a business or something, I'm okay with it. I think if you drive a pickup truck as just your daily driver, I think in that case, you're kind of a bad person. I don't want to disparage people too much, but I saw a lot of pickup trucks that looked like they had never hauled anything. And then I was like, what's the point? You're paying way more for that giant engine and the gas and you're not getting anything out of it. Maybe that's it. You're not getting anything out of all that extra money you've paid and all the extra gas you use. That's my issue with pickup trucks. Okay, good. I've come to a resolution. If you use a pickup truck for work, okay. If you use a pickup truck for your daily driver, you're kind of a douche. But the irresponsible environmental damage, only unreasonable people who don't use pickup trucks for pickup truck purposes would buy a truck, uh, or they would never go off-road anyways. So then they do care about the environment. You can see there's a dichotomy here that doesn't make any sense. Uh, This is an interesting thing about advertising. Uh, Ninja New Japan, in the past, I think it's a couple years ago now, we covered the story of the gulp sound in beer commercials was banned. So when I came to Japan, a beer commercial was, guy does athletics of some sort, meets friend, sweats profusely, both pour out an icy, icy cold beer, and then they chug the beer as hard as they can. And they would make what in Japan, Japanese is called gokun. They would do that as they chugged the beer as hard as they could. In Japan, they said that is encouraging sort of binge drinking. It's not healthy. So they banned gulping beer. So if you come to Japan now, you see a beer commercial, you will see people pour it out, maybe admire it, look at it, look at the head of the beer for a bit. They will then take a sip. They will not gulp it down. Uh, And that's because of sort of a health and safety thing. Is that good or bad? Ah, yeah. I mean, I come from Canada where I don't think they really, I think alcohol and tobacco commercials are basically illegal now. So, I mean, I don't think you need to advertise beer. I think people just buy beer anyways. There was a guy sent me a message somewhere. And he said he likes the uh, he likes the podcast, but the transition sound is too loud and it's too often, and it's just in between every story. Uh, the irony being, I once took out the transition sound and then immediately got messages to put the transition sound back in. So the transition sound is in there. Too loud was interesting, and just uh, yesterday or last week, an Apple review came up said I like it. Transition sound is too loud. <laughs> I have it set. My desktop is minus 30 decibels compared to my actual microphone. So if it's too loud, I actually, I was making fun of that, but I, I apologize if it's too loud for you. Um, I'll, I'll play with it in editing. But at the same time, come on, man. Yeah, it's, it's quieter than my voice. I think maybe it's just because it's a, it's a shock to the system. Anyways, undeclared income of wealthy people. Rich people have become a more common news issue. And this is bad for them because it means people are starting to pay more and more attention to rich people. The undeclared income of the wealthy hit a record high of 98 billion yen in Japan, which is up 16%. That is about $657 million in undeclared taxes that should be going to the government. Japanese taxes, very high. 
not going to lie. Uh, it can be tough, but again, hospitals, services, all these things are paid for. So that's good. So that's where your money goes. Rich people need to do better because what they actually need more than anything else is less scrutiny. They need less people noticing that they're rich and have lots of money and are abusing the system. So you should pay your taxes. I'm I'm not even saying from a moral standpoint you should pay your taxes. I'm saying you should pay your taxes so that you get less scrutiny because now the government's looking at you going, you haven't paid 98 billion yen. That's my 98 billion yen. I think maybe it's time you pay up your 98 billion yen. And then if you pay late, there's penalties and fees and stuff. So you actually end up paying more. So I actually believe rich people should pay. One of the things they should do is pay your taxes. This has mainly been boosted by overseas profits. So these are like capital gains because of the weekend. So basically, if you have investments overseas and they're paying out in American dollars, those American dollars compared to the Japanese yen, much more valuable right now than in other times. So you're getting more money from your investments overseas. There have been 637,800 cases, which makes me feel really bad because that means there are 637,800 rich people and me. And I'm not one of those rich people. And if I was rich, I can honestly say I would pay my taxes. I can't say I would do it right. I'd buy, I'd hire an accountant. I would, I wouldn't be opposed to paying taxes. I think paying taxes is a good thing because in Japan, you do get your services. I think in other countries where you pay taxes and don't really get anything back for it, that's a separate issue. Um, But like I spent time in the hospital, I use medicine. I, I got my money's worth already out of the taxes I paid. An average of 33.67 million yen is undeclared in these 637,800 cases. Now, I've said before, the average salary in Japan is about 4 million yen. So this, they are annually not declaring 10 times the annual salary of a person in Japan. That's how much they're hoarding these rich people. Total back taxes and penalties... Uh, 136.8 billion yen. What's ironic if we're going to talk about free markets and capitalism? Late stage capitalism, again, has become its own issue. I think a lot of people don't realize what they use their taxes, like what taxes go to. So if if all these rich people had paid their taxes, all that would be, like society would be better. I don't think rich people understand that making society better is better for them because they're members of society. I think I did a C. McBee on this where the real problem with rich people is they think they're separate from society and they don't realize that it is society that's essentially propping them up. And so if society collapses, they collapse with it. Maybe more slowly, but overall they collapse with it. But yes, Japanese government is looking out for the rich people as in they're coming for you. Four people age 16 to 22. So I don't know, 16, 17, 18, 22. I don't know. Uh, Why did that get stuck in my head? This is the problem with doing a news program is, again, not scripted. They had a, I forget what company came up with a teleprompter that you can stick over your webcam. I actually thought that was really cool. But then I was like, I don't script my show. But it's because, I don't know if it's good or bad. Mid-sentence, I'll have a thought. And I don't know if that makes the show better or worse. I think a lot of people enjoy the tangents, but sometimes the tangents are so nonsensical. Four people were arrested aged between 16 and 22, and I'm suddenly, what are their ages? (laughs) Yes, the late teens. 16, 17, 18, 22. 
You can see my brain didn't even like go 16, 18, 20, 22, which would have been a nice even spread. I did the first ones and then jumped to the end. There is a psychological study that could be done. Take this podcast, all freaking 8 million episodes. Take C McBee, all 100,000 episodes of that. Stick them all together. Put it in an AI or something. It will come out with a psychological profile that will predict all the dumb shit I'm going to say and how my stupid brain works. I think I my brain now, I have so much content from this and streaming and stuff. Stick that all in a computer and it'll be like, oh, we can not only predict what Peter's going to do, we can actually tell you about every step of his life from now on. There are enough data points is what I'm actually saying. Unless I get hit in the head. See, here's the tangent. We're on the tangent now. So you have behaviors. I have behaviors. Those are all basically governed by the chemicals in your brain. It is predictable to a degree. So here we go. You take all the information from all the Ninja News Japans, all the CMCBs, all the streams, stick them in a computer. It could do a predictive algorithm of who I am as a person and what I'm going to say. Then you crank me in the head once and it's all thrown off. Maybe that's free will. Free will is the ability to alter the chemical balance in your brain, artificially or physically. And then, like a computer couldn't predict what you would do anymore. I guess it would need a whole new set of data points. I guess, but then we get back into determinism. If you understood the injury. So again, I'm just taking like conk to the head as, as the basic one. If you understood the injury, you could make a new set of predictions. I've just gone in a circle. Determinism always kind of wins out in that argument because you can always come up with more data points to be more predictive in the future. That's not the story we're talking about. It's kind of the opposite. Uh, four young youths have been arrested. <laughs> uh, they were arrested for selling cough medicine. The problem with the prediction is radical thoughts, new data, resulting in new methods of thought, life events, etc. Yeah, it's data points, I think it's actually. Because there are events outside of my control that impact me, or maybe I impact them, I impact the world at large. Those, but that's just more data. I think this is basically the argument for determinism is with all the data, then everything gets plotted out anyways. But then... Any data set you have is incomplete because we're not capable yet. It would be so boring, though. I like to believe in free will because just determinism is boring. Because determinant takes away the, like, I can just do whatever I want. Because it doesn't matter. Free will implies that things matter, I think, is why people stick to and hold on to free will so much, but. Anyways, these youths, their free will has been impacted by the Japanese legal system. They were arrested for selling cough medicine, over-the-counter cough medicine. Um, there's a current trend of young people overdosing on over-the-counter drugs. I just, that's, that's weird to me. I don't know if you guys heard the last one from last week where the guy came in, someone dropped in, it was like a rando, dropped in and said like, stop yapping. And then I banned them. But I gave them a few, a few shots. I always give everyone like two or three chances to like change tack. But yeah, no, it didn't work out. Of course, once they start getting on a, on a path, people just stick to the path. It's predetermined. It's almost predetermined. No, I knew that they were not going to change their thinking in their path. But I let them continue down that path knowing they would get banned. It's determinism. Anyways, kids are 
I assume shoplifting over the counter drugs. Uh, they had 40 pills that normally sell for 2,400 yen. They were selling them at a thousand yen. So again, being a profit that implies that those are probably stolen. Um, and these kids are overdosing. They basically just like take so many cough, cough medicine drugs. They go like comatose in the street. And that's like a thing. I mean, I have never done drugs illegally. I've never overdosed on cough medicine. I may have come close to overdosing on um, uh, allergy medicine. I had a rough morning. That's why I started the podcast so late because I needed to make sure I could breathe before I could actually do this. I took everything in my drawer, but I didn't overdose. Butane was big when I was a teen. When I was a teen, it was Lysol. Uh, They spray Lysol, which is an oven cleaner, into a bag, and then they would huff it out of the bag. Uh, I don't know if that still happens, but man, oven cleaner. As soon as you say oven cleaner, I'm like, well, that can't be good for you. Young people and drugs. I don't know. Maybe I'm an old man. I'm like, don't do them. Don't do drugs. <laughs> is, that, is that a strong statement to make? I know young people won't listen to me, so that's why I don't really want to give a strong opinion on the drug situation, but... I mean, there are better... Anyways, I don't think any kids are listening to this podcast and then paying attention to my opinion on drugs. But I honestly feel like you could you could do better than cough medicine. I distinctly remember stupid people holding their breath and doing chest compressions to hallucinate. So there was a trend for a while, and it was kids would cut off the carotid arteries, which is how we choke people in judo. You cut off the carotid arteries and make themselves go unconscious. And they would, they'd say there was a high, but I've been choked unconscious and I did not feel a high when it happened. I do remember the tunnel vision and then everything, everything kind of goes black and white and turns into tunnel vision. And then you just go to sleep. I once was choked unconscious in a practice and I woke up and my waking thought was monster trucks are cool. And then I started to get more uh, oxygen into my brain. And then I went, no, they're not. Which makes me feel that people who like monster trucks are not getting enough oxygen to their brain. Okayama is bringing back the Naked Man Festival. Uh, it's for the first time in four years. So COVID happened. They have these, this festival every year. Naked dudes come together. <laughs> it's hard to just gloss over the naked dude part. But. Uh, Okayama has one. There's actually one out. I live close to Nagoya. There is one in Konomiya, Konomiya Temple. They have a Naked Man Festival. Uh, I used to live out there, so the parade of the naked men would go near my house. Now, they aren't naked naked. They are wearing the traditional Japanese underwear. Uh, I think it's fundoshi. I I think I got that word wrong. Anyways, haven't studied my... uh, my, 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 my Japanese words for underwear. I've been to the... Yeah, so like I said, I lived out there. If you are into naked men, it's great, um, but these are not sexy naked men. They're just regular naked men. So I'm a regular man. So if I take off my clothes, you would not be particularly impressed. Uh, You would be like, wow, he's white. (laughs) If the lights all go out, follow that bright ghost over there. So... The Naked Man Festival in Konomiya is they have a lucky man. He only eats pickles for a week. He shaves his entire body of all hair. And then his goal is to get from the temple to another spot. The crowds 
goal is to touch him. So they actually have like uh, other people like distract the crowd. They say like, oh, the lucky man's over there. Like they'll have like strategies to try to get him there safely. Uh, people have died doing this in the past. Uh, the one in Okayama, I got a little bit of information on it. The main event is the battle for the sacred stick, which makes me think clearly this was invented by men. Literally on Reddit yesterday, I saw a post of a man saying, look at this stick I found. <laughs> it's to me a weirdly man thing to be into sticks. Cause I grew up with the stick as a sword and playing with sticks and then playing sticks with my dogs and sticks actually were very seminal in my life. Uh, so yeah, coming up with a sacred ceremony. Yes. It's the battle for the sacred stick. The man who gets the sacred stick is the lucky man for the year. So it sounds like what they do is they have the crowd. They just drop the stick into it. And those guys literally go to battle over the stick um, they're all drunk. They're spraying water and sake on them. They're just making it as insane as possible. Uh, these are something I would watch and I would never participate in. I have never participated in the, in the naked man thing. Uh, out by my place, when I lived close to the Konomia one, we did watch it. Uh, if you like tattoos, a lot of like lower level Yakuza groups, they will come out and you get to see some really nice tattoos. So I actually was more into it for the tattoos than the actual naked men stuff. Uh, I'll be really honest. I'm just not into, into naked men as much as I used to. Oh, man. They, there are always fights because they're all drunk. I'm not into other naked men. I'm into myself being naked. I do enjoy being naked. There is a group called Natural. And it's a scouting group that approaches women on the street to join essentially the sex industry. They start you out with like, come work at this bar. And then they try to get you into debt or get you into trouble or get you addicted to drugs. And then they try to get you into porn and stuff like that. But with a thousand plus members, so you'll see guys doing this. You'll see guys like recruiting for bars and stuff on the street at big stations or all around Japan. They are gross guys and most people just run away from them. I don't, I guess it's statistically, they're just trying to, they're just, Every single person who walks by, they're like, oh, you know, you're beautiful. You could make a lot of money doing this, but I don't, I don't know. Uh, I've always thought it was really gross. But Natural has a thousand plus members and therefore their activities, which are often illegal. So getting people like into debt, get, pushing them into, pressuring them into the sex industry, sex trade and such is illegal. Their activities are handled by the anti-cram... <laughs> Anti-organized crime division of the police. So it's not like a Yakuza organization, but the organization is so big, it's treated like uh, a mafia family. Uh, So what happened is a member of Natural broke internal rules. Don't know what the rules were. They didn't get into those details, which is too bad. And he was confined into a room. And so this is kidnapping. You are allowed to leave a room anytime you want. This was an interesting thing where uh, it was a company, and the company was like, you have to sign this note that says you did a bad thing and you can't leave this room until you do. Whereas if you say I can't leave a room, if you physically try, so maybe I get up and try to walk out and they stand in front of the door, that's kidnapping in Japan. I probably most places, you should be allowed to leave where you are at any point at any time. Um, if you don't feel safe, that's even in the higher level. I'm a big dude. I know I could walk out of room if I want, but if I commit violence on someone else, now I'm the bad guy. So if I was in that situation, really, I should just call the police and say, look, they're essentially saying I can't leave. Can I leave? Probably when you start calling the cops, they'll let you go. But these guys are essentially a criminal organization. It's, it works differently. So this guy had broken some internal rule. 
Two other members, some other members, held this guy in a room. He wasn't happy about it. He was kicked out of the group or he quit the group. But then he went to the police. Then, later, because these guys are geniuses, he quit the group and he sued them. Two members called to pressure him to accept a settlement, which is also illegal. Uh, It's a form of intimidation. This is something I actually think uh, criminal organizations should take note of. I don't think you should learn how to run a, a criminal empire based off what you've seen on television. You know on TV, when they have like the big bad guy and there's all his minions and they want to show how bad the bad guy is and he like shoots a guy for talking back to him or something like really petty. If I was in that group, I'd be like, okay, he just killed that guy for no reason. I'm going to get out of here. So next opportunity I get to leave, I'm going to leave. And they'd be like, oh no, you're too scared to leave. No. I'm not too scared to leave. I would just be out. I would be like, okay, well, I'm going to take a company car and a company gun because that's the kind of stuff you get when you work for an evil organization. And I'm out. So these guys, I think criminal organizations weirdly need to take better care of their employees <laughs> because locking him in a room is going to make him angry at you. If he's angry at you, he's more likely to get revenge. He's going to get revenge by doing a legal process, which puts the police on his side, a bigger gang. Now you're in more trouble because now you're dealing with him and the police instead of just dealing with him. Whereas if you'd sat down and said, you broke a rule, let's have a reasonable conversation. Let's try to deal with this like adults. Problem solved. But now they got to do like the TV and movie stuff where it's like, I'm a big tough guy. I'm going to scare you, but they're all big tough guys. And this guy's like, nah, you know what? I quit and I'm going to go to the cops and you're going to try and intimidate me. I'm going to get you for that too. So I'm actually hoping natural gets in trouble and has a lot of problems because of this, because I don't like what they do anyways. So a 23 year old police officer, and I always enjoy the 23 year old, the young police officers because they had training, which makes me think they should do better. He was arrested for climbing onto the balcony of a private residence. So already, like all the levels of creeper right there. A woman saw him on her balcony. She had a friend with her. And so the friend restrained him. The cop was off duty and he seems to have found a vacant apartment, gone into the apartment, climbed out on the balcony, climbed onto the woman's balcony. uh, And then they were arresting him. They said, why? Now, this is the last story of the day. So you think, oh, creepy. He's going to steal underwear. He's, He's voyeur or something like that. He claims. Now, I'm assuming one of those is actually true, but his, in his defense, what he said was pretty amazing. It was, I dropped parts of a plastic model and entered the place to try and pick them up. So he's gone so far the other way, it's almost weird and freaky. Like, he's gone so far like, oh, no, 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 I'm not a creepy dude as in I'm stealing underwear. I'm, I'm like such an otaku that I dropped... I broke into an apartment to play with my plastic toys, dropped some onto her balcony, so I had to climb down and get them because they're so important and valuable to me. Uh, I found that to be just one of the weirdest stories of the week. Dave's just wrecked down here. I love how he sleeps with one paw on the desk. I don't know why. 